Welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, D. Dylan Bear, and Ryan Griffin, delivering the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What's up, true believers? Matt Basson. Daniel Bear, the only two surviving members of Sports Carnage right now, as half our team is MIA in different parts of the world. We've got a little Carmen San Diego going on with our own podcast group. Uh, <laughs> Dylan, I see LeVar Ball hitting on reporters. Uh, so I see OJ Simpson sending knife emojis to a dude with a fake OJ Simpson account. What the hell is going on in the sports world right now? Well, all right, so. What has become a very evident thing to me, at least, with these older gentlemen is that uh, old habits die hard, obviously. Uh, OJ has no self-awareness that we can at least discern from the knife emojis and threats that he's making to dudes on Twitter when he's been on there for like two days. Great, great look on that part. But my focus is more on LeVar Ball already being the most insufferable human that I've ever seen. (laughs) Having this aura of his smug and arrogance now starting to turn into misogyny, where he feels that it is appropriate to to verbally harass an ESPN host who is already very well and famously spoken for by someone else on that network, mm-hmm. first off. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jalen Jalen Rose. I hope he goes full Detroit on LeVar Ball's <laughs> ass. But also, just what, like if you watch it, it's so gross. It's in the middle of just a, a, a regular conversation. And to be fair, LeVar owes a lot to First Take because they've given him the time of day. Way too much airtime for this man. They've given this and, man way too much airtime, and this might be the final one. Oh, absolutely. It's the final one for sure, because if not, Molly Kiram's going to do uh, what, um, oh, what is her name? Uh, Jameel Hill. She'll give him an ultimatum and, you know, screw off if... They decide not to do that. But in in fairness to ESPN, they have had her back on this. They did make a statement about it. But it's nasty. It's gross. But that's just the way that athletes are. That's how they act. Clearly, these things don't seem to change. Tyreek Hill is out there possibly breaking his own kid's arms. (laughs) You got... I I mean, that's... (laughs) You no, got, we know. I mean, you... there, there's not great people in the sports world in some certain circumstances. There are plenty of great people in the sports world still, but there are some people that are on the other side that just don't act right in life, mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Right. But this is not behind the scenes. This was for the world to see, where she asks an innocent thing, innocent thing about switching gears because she had a question, and his firebag is, you can switch gears with me anytime. Please. And Stephen Bye. A gives him the side eye. <laughs> and she does a great job of just getting it back on track. Straight up professional. So like, damn, dude. <laughs> he's not a professional. He's a loudmouth father. He's a real world Vince McMahon of a smaller yeah. scale. He oh, thinks yeah. he's on a scripted television show like Vince McMahon is, where his stuff is said is part of a storyline. LeVar Ball is just being a creep. <laughs> I guess my 
only real takeaway from this whole thing is that second chances are clearly overrated because these gentlemen and a lot of other individuals are clear proof that there are just, especially on this level with these type of individuals who are given these sort of gifts or this airtime or attention that they've always had from high school, middle school, all the way up now. I mean, imagine, think about this for a second as like a, just a macro thing, right? So these are just clear indications of athletes and people around, males specifically around athletics, not really understanding that there are consequences to their actions, even after they've already gotten away with some shit. Obviously on different levels, but they have, for all intents and purposes. Imagine the kids, the generation of kids that now, in this day and age with social media and everything, who are receiving scholarships when they're 12 years old from people like frickin' Jim Harbaugh, who are already telling them how great they are. Imagine how those kids are gonna grow up. In this, this generation of instant gratification, how they're going to act when they are the athletes with the spotlight. That's horrifying. I love how you can use real-world concern and still throw salt at the University of Michigan. It's fantastic. Out of all the coaches in all of sports that do this on the basketball side and on the football side, because those are the two main ones, You there's... Dozens you could have picked from, but you still had to give a dig to the maize and blue, and I love you for that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank but yes, they are on different scales, and you know Tyreek Hill, much larger scale than Lavar Ball making an inappropriate comment at an inappropriate time. This is not you ain't at a barbecue. This ain't a free for all of talking to women the way you ever want to. You're on television. You're on Disney's television now, and for the last few years now. And he's not bringing money in like Tyreek Hill's bringing money in for the NFL. This isn't an athlete. He's a former athlete, I guess. He did play technically, so yes, he's an athlete. But he's a father of a trio of kids that have been playing basketball for a while and have gotten attention for it for a while. And he has done everything he can to bask in that limelight. I think, I'm hoping... That this is the end of that limelight. It won't be because there's still his two sons that aren't in the NBA yet that are trying to make their way to the NBA. And there's still Lonzo. And so the VAR is going to be talked about. But I'm hoping they're not going to bring him on shows like this anymore because he clearly can't handle himself professionally. Uh, well, we all know what's inevitably going to happen is that uh, now that LeVar is done being on first take, he's going to wind up on FS1 now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know how Skip... And Shannon would deal with that. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you. Look, in the in the uh, best interests of Ryan Griffin, who just adores Shannon Sharp, I know for a fact that if Shannon Sharp, if Shannon Sharp was in the room and it, that was his like hostess or host, uh, whoever you would call the the mediator in that. There you go. <laughs> kind the of mediator. mediator. Yes. <laughs> there you go. If Shannon Sharp was in the room for LeVar saying that to his, to the mediator of his show, he would probably assault him. I just <laughs> so, he's, There's a much higher chance than Stephen A. Is. Smith doing it. Well, yeah, Stephen A. has his, like, he's like a mafia boss, and Shannon Sharp's more the enforcer, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Regardless, I, I just, I see this, and I'm terrified of what's going to come next from the kids who were given this entitlement so much earlier on because of the advent of the internet. That's my fear. That's my overall thought in all of this. Yeah, I mean, 
It's a different world now with these athletes where they're no longer just athletes. They're a brand because of right. social media, because of the internet. And so they they actually have some footing when they make their demands where their counterparts, you know, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, didn't have that same footing for making demands of their contracts or whatever it may be. Um, right. Of the team that you're playing for, you know, way back when it was an honor to play for the team. The team had all the power, you know, and that wasn't right either. But yeah, in the world we live in now, the players have a lot more power and you've already seen certain instances of them using it. And there's no reason to think that's going to end. I don't think the majority of the people playing in our leagues are going to be acting out because they've had LeVar Ball as their role model, who should not be a role model for them in this instance. Right. But that was, that was one thing said. Another thing said, a la the internet, is OJ Simpson with a knife emoji. Like, how, how, like, if if this wasn't a hacking of his account, and this was actually him having this conversation with this fake OJ account that has a picture of OJ with a glove and the knife, and he makes parody jokes of it, and his name is, like, KillerOJ32 or something, and... OJ trying to get him to take it down. Dude said, I'm not taking it down. This is Twitter. Welcome to Twitter. And OJ's <laughs> threatening lawyers and shit. And then the kid sends the, a hand thumbs up emoji and a knife. And OJ sends back just a knife. Like, it could be nothing. It's probably nothing. You know, people have these kind of conversations all the time on Twitter and other social media uh, avenues. But this is OJ Simpson sending a knife emoji. If this is actually OJ Simpson sending a knife emoji. This is ridiculous that I'm living in this world. (laughs) I will tell you, I burst into laughter for a sec because you said hacking and I didn't understand the context. So I (laughs) thought you were being. uh, Oh, God, no. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I was like, no, 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 definitely not (laughs) talking about actual computer hacking. (laughs) Uh, But it's what I said before. OJ forever has never had self-awareness. That's just something he is literally incapable of. Got away with it. I mean, you got away with murder. Yeah. Well, What's up? I mean, but he, you know, he's followed it up with all, all uh, with other dumb stunts. You know, he went after a dude who had a bunch of his memorabilia and locked him as like against his will. That's kidnapping, apparently. You know, was in jail for a while for that. And apparently, it is. <laughs> I mean, you're locked in the room with him. It's not like you're just kind of just making okay. some demands of the guy. If anything, it's that's holding him against his that's will. That's how your former girlfriend disappeared. She wasn't kidnapped. <laughs> she was in the same room as She's me. Absolutely. Locked in a room. <laughs> not my fault. I was the only one to walk out of there. What the hell, man? <laughs> no, I, I'll be honest. I, it's one of those sort of things. That, so I, there's a TV series that OJ was a part of. Not him, but his story. Um, talking about the FX um, one? Yeah, American Mm -hmm. Crime Stories. And there was a thought I had from the second season, which was about a uh, serial killer who was the individual who killed uh, Gianni Versace. And it was a thought that I had while I was watching the series, and it's kind of informed my attitude about OJ, is that serial killers and people who are, you know, are violent individuals, especially on such a large scale of multiple people, especially serial killers, though. It's about attention. It's about getting their name out there where they become important. And the problem and the messed up part is because of the way society works. They basically, Andrew Cunanan, who's the guy who killed Gianna Versace, basically got what he wanted, where 
he led a completely insignificant life, always had an inferiority complex, and then he decided to go on a mass killing spree and became more famous than most of the people that he wound up murdering. And when it comes to OJ, it's the same sort of thing where the way that he is able to get away with it is by constantly giving him the attention that he doesn't deserve. So as far as I'm concerned, he does this Twitter stuff and he's sitting there doing these this knife emojis and everything. I don't want to speak his name. I don't want to know he exists. As far as I'm concerned, he already went to jail for the murders that he had and he's dead to me. And anybody who gives him any time of day or any reference, all you're doing is letting him get away with it further. So you don't want me speaking about OJ no more right now? I, it's more, it's, I mean, obviously it's a relevant question. I just, my reaction to seeing that is I don't care because I just, OJ needs to pass, die, what have you. Not exist on this plane in the consciousness that he is because he snuffed out two other lives in the same vein as Bill Cosby. I didn't care about Bill Cosby anymore after I heard that stuff because I knew he'd wither away into shame and you know, disgust. And I wish that's what's happening would happen with OJ, but it's not. Everyone's sitting there lolling about the fact that he, you know, is making, oh, I'm going to make people pay with this video on Twitter and shit. And it's like, guys, stop caring about this man. That's how he is able to continue to get away. With you have it. a very good point. You know, if the news didn't report on it and no one talked about it, but unfortunately we don't live in that world. And as much as you want to, ignore, I mean, you think I don't, you think you know how happy I would be if like there was like no more discussion about Hitler? <laughs> like well, it, <laughs> right. it'd be great. But there is, because there's just that's always gonna be people who are on the other side of things. And, you know, I went way, way out there with the comparison as far as how people <laughs> react to Hitler versus OJ. No one's following right. OJ and walking around knifing people in the neck for no reason. Uh right. But yeah, this was I mean, we don't live in that world. We live in a world where this guy was the star running back in the NFL. You know, huge name in college football at the time. Went into movies successfully afterwards, you know, and everybody loved OJ. OJ was a, you know, a gap closer for white people and black people. Kind of like Magic was later in the NBA. Uh, but OJ was that guy. Even though if you watch, if you ever watch the five-part 30 for 30 on OJ, where they go into all this detail, and they make it damn look like OJ wanted to be white in every aspect but his you know, damn. abilities on the field and name for himself. But they, they, they blackwashed his house for the jurors to come and see. In the first trial, the murder trial, the one that took place where the jury selection was much more inner city. They blackwashed his house. They put pictures of African stuff from different people's houses that weren't his <laughs> into his house. They took down all the white stuff. Pictures of him at barbecues surrounded by white people, high name white people, mayors and all this stuff. Like they did that to help win that trial because OJ wasn't black enough in that, in that way. He didn't identify with that community. He identified with a white community and wanted to. And he was the gap bearer between these two sides and the whole world in America, the whole, all of America stopped that day in 1994. Just stopped. I mean, they cut away from the NBA finals to show OJ driving down the road. <laughs> like that's nuts. If you think about it today, like you're stopping the NBA finals to show a former athlete 
leading a giant police chase at like 45 miles an hour. Right. They weren't even going that fast. Because <laughs> Al Collins is freaking the freaking out on the phone, driving OJ, who's screaming he's going to kill himself in the backseat. Like, this was world-shattering at the time, because it was a star that, that was that big, and it was so bad now. And we live in the world where <sighs> enough people still remember that, and he's still gotten fame. He got a freaking TV show about him with Cuba Gooding Jr. and John Travolta. Had a five-part, ten-hour ESPN 30 for 30 on Like, it's a name. And we follow the names in this country. It's just Unfortunately, it's just the way it is. Anyway, well, enough... Enough of the past. (laughs) Let's go to the future, Dylan. Happier times. The NBA is in crazy off-season mode already. We got the draft coming up shortly. Uh, It's you can't ever say the NBA is boring. (laughs) There is always something going on, and there has been a lot that has happened since we were on the air last week alone. A hundred percent. Well, the most notable one and the most obvious that's gonna that affects. You in particular is the trade that occurred with Anthony Davis. What trade? Who got traded? That's right. Anthony Davis is going to be traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. That was reported uh, on June 15th was the bit when all that started. The uh, dominoes started to fall. And your reaction initially was very interesting because you were of the same opinion that I was that the initial reading of what the Lakers gave up was ridiculous, where you had three starters with Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and three first-round picks. That's what Adrian Wojnarowski and everybody else was saying. Now, we obviously have talked a lot more about the details, and my tune changed slightly at first, where at first it it seemed bad, then it didn't because, hey, they didn't get rid of Kuzma, so you know what, they have a competent starting five. But then these extra details have started to come out that I'm sure you can educate on the, for the folks better than myself. And I don't think this fares very well for your beautiful franchise for the future. Okay, so we, I, we had spoken about this earlier in the year because this almost happened earlier in the year. Where a giant leak came out and basically everyone not named LeBron and I think Rondo and McGee were... Not meant were the only three like not mentioned in trade possibilities involved for Anthony Davis. So the whole Lakers squad is up and up in the air at like a miserable time when LeBron's hurt and they're trying to come back and still stay in the playoff race and all this crap. And I was not a fan of how all that went down. Let me get this out of the way. I would love to have Anthony Davis on the Los Angeles Lakers. The price paid where the Lakers went from Pre-LeBron, we got this great young core. They're going to grow. They're going to get better. They're going to have the chemistry of playing together for years. You know, and this is going to be great. Eventually. Then LeBron came. Eventually is out the window. It's no more patience. It's, oh crap, this dude came on a four-year contract. We got to win in four years. Really, three years. Uh, So everything went out the window. Now, if it goes through and we get Anthony Davis and we give up Lonzo Ball, who I'm hurt by because I would really love to see healthy for a year. I think he is a damn good point guard. Brandon Ingram, I was never that high on. I I liked, it was all the KD comparisons. I was like, this dude is not KD. 
Like they were all because he's lengthy and he's thin and he looked like he was too light for the NBA. Like KD, <laughs> and he's doing a good job of beefing up as well. Right. But you know, scoring wise and playing on the playing on the court. He's not KD. He's a good player, and he could be great if he can stay healthy. He's got his own issues right now. And then Josh Hart. We know Josh Hart. College. Played all four years. A rarity. Hey-o. Won a national championship with Villanova. Their first in freaking right. forever. Uh, great guy off the bench. And enjoyed it. And then the draft picks. They're taking the Lakers' fourth pick this year. And then it gets really complicated. So, okay. Dylan, help me make sense of this. It's a top eight protected in 2021, but it becomes unprotected in 2022 if it does not convey. Right. What? So <laughs> it me. So I'm. So what that means, if I'm assuming, if the they pick number nine, then the Pelicans can say, "Now nah, we're not taking it. We'll take next year's." Yeah. Correct. Okay. And then the right to swap first round picks in 2023, and that's all in the Pelicans saying, "Hey, we like yours better. We're swapping." And then unprotected in 2024. That New Orleans can defer to 2025, meaning what? They don't like the pick in 2024 before the draft actually happens. It's when, like, the actual, like, who's drafting order comes out. They can say then to L.A. before the actual draft, no, we don't want this. We'll take next year's. And they're stuck with it no matter what in 2025. And that is the part, and this is the part of the language that... Paul was at, was much more on the uh, side of oh my god the Lakers are, are like crushed this and I think that is a tenuous opinion at best and the reason is because while it's great that for this two to three year window you're going to have arguably two of the top five best players in the entire league with one diminishing far more than the other as we as I'm sure we all right. are going to see AD is twenty six LeBron's thirty six right. exactly. But here is why I have such an issue with how this trade is going down. Is that Brian Windhorst, who any NBA, any respectable NBA fan understands, is literally LeBron's mouthpiece and lapdog. He said that this trade was Brooklyn, Boston 2.0. And the reason is because of this part of it. That uh, through 2025, the Lakers do not control their own draft capital. That is so much to give up on top of everything else that is involved in this. It's that the Pelicans are brilliantly I, set up to rebuild. They do brilliant. control next year's pick, though. Unless uh, okay, unless they already so, owe it to someone else. Do they already owe 2020 so, to someone else from past moves? No. But, but this stuff with the them, thing. it takes this year, 2019, and then it starts in 2021. So they do have next year's right. at least. That is still five years, <laughs> and I would also argue that next year's is the most worthless one, as New Orleans clearly saw because they didn't want it, which I think is a smart move because there's no chance the Lakers are going to be picking any lower than 24. Probably. So Hopefully. <laughs> well, right, but uh, barring any sort of major injury to Anthony Davis, but... Even with LeBron, they're probably not picking lower than 24. But the, regardless, the point is is that they do not control their future. That is just flat out, that is what is happening. They are, as you were alluding to at the beginning, they are hemorrhaging everything of the future for this win-now mentality, which I, hastiness generally does not work. Unless you are bringing in players of their prime like Miami Heat did, I just the Lakers are going to try to do what Miami did. Because the Lakers, because of the language, are going to try to get another max player on top of Anthony Davis. They're just going to get a bunch of washed-up vets. I don't think it's going to work the same. Well, 
it's interesting you brought up Brooklyn Boston 2.0 because there's a player in Boston who doesn't seem like he wants to keep playing in Boston More and has later. reached out to his former teammate who is now in LA. He's going to the Brooklyn Nets, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. You think so? You think Kyrie's going to the Nets? Uh, absolutely, for multitude of reasons. The uh, West is form- open next year. The Warriors are down. I that's not his concern. I don't think Kyrie gives a living f about to that. go to he LA and win a title next year. He wants to go to somewhere where there is this sort of phantom belief that he is the leader. And Brooklyn's I don't know. Give that to him in spades. He might he not does. have really liked being the the leader this past year. It was pretty ugly. I know, but it, from everything I've read, he still wants to be, and he feels slighted by Boston, which, again, there's a lot more language, which I will be getting to later okay. on when we're going over rumors. But just in general, number one, Brooklyn's going to have the better cap space because they got rid of Alan Crabb to do that. And also, it's in New York. And from what I've heard, which is the weirdest thing in the world, Kevin Durant and Kyrie are apparently super tight. Like, Within the last year, their relationship has become thick as thieves. And so being in the same city as your boy, where you're in the two different teams there, who, let's be honest, aren't really competing for attention in that city. I don't know. I think that is a better scenario. KD's not on the Clippers? What? I'm not talking about the Clippers. I'm talking about New York. Because KD's going oh, to New York still. Oh, you're, oh, you're in your mind. KD's going to go to New York next year and not play basketball and sit yeah. around and watch his team lose nothing and have no chance of coming back during the year because there's no reason to. Right, because then they're also going to add Versus a staying with the team that he's won next two year. chips in three years. This man is so mentally corroded, I would think he would do a move that stupid. To go to the toughest media market in the world. Hey. I mean, Adamakong Sue wanted to do that, right? <laughs> I mean, there's a different spotlight on Kevin Durant than there is on Adamakong Sue. But the mentality <laughs> is the same as that these idiots and these arrogant assholes completely think that somehow a scenario in a city is going to change for them. Uh, and they'll get that rude awakening. And I hate Kevin Durant. How are you just going to call so Kevin Durant an idiot and an arrogant asshole? Because he is. How? Like, we know, we know he is because he What has he done? He has fans. not confirmed. Any of the crap that's been said. He has tried okay. to focus on playing this basketball. Is, you, you are so obsessed with the word confirmed. I don't need it to be confirmed. It's kind of like, it's the same thing as a scientific theorem. <laughs> that doesn't mean 100%. It is the it is the absolute honest truth. It just means that it has been verified and tested so many times that that's just, that's the way that it works. That's what a theory is. And it's the same thing with Kevin Durant and his Twitter feeds. It is a theory that 99.9% worth, we can know that it was him. You know what? He is a men- Th- this just dawned on me. This, this should be the phrase for Twitter. Twitter is the real athlete's WWF ring. <laughs> it is an arena where they can play whoever oh, they want to so play. Cool. They can play a hero, they can play a villain, and they will have the fans eating out of their hands. They can literally, in the same day, do a Hulk Hogan from red and gold to switching to the NWO, and then come back to wearing the red and gold. Like That went over my head. I know, you didn't watch pro wrestling, that's a shame. that's That's what Twitter is for athletes. It is their WWF ring. They can be whoever they want to be there. So I don't take that much stake in what these guys are saying on Twitter. 
They get into beef wars with people who have too much to say and not enough experience to back any of it up. Us included. But I don't get into beef wars with them. (laughs) But to me, New York makes no damn sense for KD. But that's neither here nor there. If Kyrie is that piece, or if they're also mentioning Kemba Walker, could be that third piece. I don't want my favorite player playing for your shit franchise. Oh, he'd look uh, so that, that would hurt, good in purple and gold. That would hurt my heart so much. Oh, and also, would... he's a suit. He's a New York guy. I want him on the Knicks so badly. Please. You want everyone on the Knicks? On the Knicks. Yes. You absolutely. want Kemba he's and KD and Kyrie on the Knicks? Well, that's I mean, an interesting in fairness, trio. I, 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 again, Kyrie's going to Brooklyn, so no. Kemba's going to the Knicks. I I mean I want New York I want the Knicks to be relevant again. I like the allure of New York. Like the way most people feel about Los Angeles, I feel about New York because it's very similar to Chicago in that it's a giant city with all these sports and it's a good sports town unlike Los Angeles. And I just I want the Knicks to be good again. And Kemba's the guy. He is the the prodigal son returning. You're going to bring the Knicks to ultimate prominence and bring them back to their glory days of 1972-73. Exactly. Their only championship ever. Styled. The most overrated yeah, franchise in the history of sports. Oh, no, it's not overrated because every dude on those teams were stylish as hell. They they were dressed to the nines. There was so much swag. Oh man. I see, uh, I see those those team photos where they're coming in and the fur coats and stuff and like the fur is the pro uh, like, a problem but the feather hats and everything oh man whoo I love that I'm pretty sure you literally just looked at photos of Walt Frazier <laughs> I think that's all you did was just look at a whole bunch of photos of Walt Frazier and you're like everyone dressed like this then every single I... Knicks player was wearing this. Like maybe oh. Phil Jackson was too. I bet Phil Jackson was Phil, too. Phil Phil was looking pretty sharp. I bet too. I bet he had the whole Walt Frazier look for a little bit just cuz. <laughs> if okay, let's put it this way. If everybody on those Knicks teams weren't dressing like Walt Frazier, they were doing something wrong. Agreed. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, all right. Well, that's you know, we we exhausted that as much as we could for the time being. There's going to be a lot more Depending on how the Lakers, yeah, none of this is done. Do stuff more like yeah. There's a time like it can't be done before July 6th. It could get stretched to July 30th, which would make all sorts of weird stuff go into account as far as cap space is concerned. The Lakers would get a bunch more money if they could push it out to the end of July. Uh, I don't know what they do to New Orleans to get them to agree to that, but good luck to the Lakers. Mm -hmm. Um, I bet more compensatories, man, and well, not compensatories, but more stuff down the line in like 2030 or something so meanwhile you take a trip out east on the 20 and you end up eventually in houston texas where the state farm duo is Uh, not happy ringo i mean ringo ringo jesus that's the beetle i pick wow okay john and paul No disrespect to Ringo Starr. I love Ringo Starr. The, but right, the songwriter. Like, like I literally, yeah, I could have, I couldn't have picked <laughs> a least likely Beatle to be the leader. Uh, so, <laughs> John and Paul are not happy with each other right now. CP3 uh, and James Harden are not vibing. They're already releasing reports saying, no, none of this is true, but it looks pretty true. Uh, CP3 is older, not as healthy, hasn't been able to stay healthy while in Houston. Uh or in L.A., uh, or New Orleans, uh, and he's now mid-30s, 34 years old, and he's owed a 
boatload of money over the next three years. Over $100 million in the next three years. And Houston is looking to get rid of him. And their whole chance of winning the title is blowing up before our eyes right now. Because the Warriors are not winning it next year without Clay and KD. I don't care how, I don't care if they bring Boogie back. It ain't going to be enough. So the West is open. And Houston, if they could have kept their heads together, had a real shot at this. And now it's sounding like this is blowing up as well. Well... I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm you're killing me right now because all all of in our rumors segment, you've already knocked off two of my major pillars here. <laughs> I, I do apologize. I mean, uh, it is during the topic me. at least. That's true, but I I will say the the pro the problem that I have is that uh, I don't understand why I need to care about a franchise and a bunch of players that have never gotten out of the second round. <laughs> uh, they are so inconsequential. To my NBA viewing experience, not only have we already talked about the fact that they're ruining the game as it is and making a mockery of it, now they're just starting to ruin each other's lives, which honestly is like perfect because it's just John Paul Sartre's moniker, which is hell is other people. And I love that because that means that Houston are just going to make life miserable for him. Why not? Why not let them just completely destroy and corrode each other's careers down there in whatever arena they're in now of, like, Toyota Center or whatever the hell. I think it's still the Toyota and, Center. Yeah, fine. Awesome. They, and just like, a, I hope they all get into Toyota and crash and they all... Wow. Well, they don't die, that's, of course. That is but, not nice. But, hey, that's how little I care about them and I despise them. And this is all beautiful and it's a logical conclusion to the shitstorm that is the Houston Rockets. I hope they all suffer. I hope they all are mockeries at the end of their careers. And uh, that's all I really have to say about it. Other than that, I don't really care. I hope Chris Paul gets sent to Alaska so that he can show how much of a trash point guard he is, as I had said. And uh, I hope that James Harden gets his beard shaved off. The shavings go into his eyes. He's blind for a season and actually has to know whether he's traveling or not. <laughs> you know, it sounds like your misguided hatred should be guided at the NBA for letting Houston play the way they play. Why? It, all it's led to is Houston's the taking advantage of, of a situation. People. Yeah, really well to the to the tune of them infighting and ruining each other. I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right. Well, apparently I jumped all over two of your rumors and I, I feel bad. So I feel like you, I, sh- I shouldn't try and guess the third one. I'm going to just, le- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just let you take the lead. All right. Well, we move right along to, uh, the thing that, you know, is kind of important and I hope that, uh, everybody is going to be excited for either tomorrow or tonight, depending on when this goes. It goes Obviously. on Thursday. You know this. Okay, well, it's going to be on Thursday, so tonight, which is the NBA draft, which is so... NBA is brilliant. They are. They are such master marketers because the NBA Finals just ended in what is the very next week? Their draft. <laughs> Brilliantly done. I You got to give them an applause for that. I'm amped as hell for this. I think we know who 1-2-3 is already going to be. I don't really think there's much discussion to be had there. But what gets interesting... Is with our teams, which you can obviously feel number four and number fifteen. For well, actually, you can't feel number. four I can't anymore. feel number four. Four is gone. That's she true. gone. I, that's funny. 
So I guess number 15 is where you'll reside. I am going to be selfish and take this to number 7 with Chicago. And there have been ample rumors of teams trading up for the number 4 pick for the New Orleans Pelicans because they're trying to attain assets, you know, do the process, if you will. And Chicago is amongst those teams who have tried to move up to get Darius Garland, who pretty much at this point seems like a unanimous number 4 or number 3. Uh, what are you thinking about this guy? Because you know how I feel. He's an unproven commodity. He was hurt for Vanderbilt. I believe he only played 10 games or less, something like that. Uh, I don't know, but apparently Darius Garland is the, like, sleeper guy everybody's seeming to want now. What surprised me was here in the three pick, where teams are possibly trying to move up and because there's rumors that New York might take him. With the three right. pick, which would put R.J. Barrett, who has been the designated three since a week after the draft order came out, when Memphis made it right. known that they wanted John Morant, uh, that it was going to be R.J. Barrett. And if R.J. Barrett slips to the four, does New Orleans keep that pick <laughs> and put him back together with his old teammate? But I don't know. <laughs> with Darius Garland, it's yeah, it's a I mean, it's a it's a really un it's it's Kyrie. But even worse, he played five games. Oh, man, I was off. <laughs> five games. His last game played was November 23rd in a loss oh, on top of that. thank you. <laughs> uh, no thanks, man. Uh, played all of two minutes, and that's when it went down, and that's when his career ended. Kyrie played 11 games for Duke, and it was enough to make him the number one pick, and he was proven to be a correct number one pick. It's just tough for me to say that. Yep, this guy. I mean, he he look. He's healthy now, and he's apparently blowing teams away. And he has proven that you know we missed out on a hell of a year to be added to everyone else that we saw have a hell of a year last year with Darius Garland. I mean, we missed out on him joining John Morant and the like of having these phenomenal years for us. Uh, but if everyone seems to be saying it in the NBA, psh, they know better than I do. So he's either one hell of a con artist or he's the real deal. Well, one thing that has been that was at least said by CBS in their mock regarding Mr. Garland is that uh, Garland, who is one of the most electric scorers in this draft, don't really know how they're able to dis discern that from five games, could open up everything on the floor for Zion to work. This would be one of the most exciting duos in the NBA if New Orleans were to keep the pick. Uh, he's 6'2", 175 pounds. That's really small for a guy that tall. Um, oh yeah, he'll, be, he'll get in the gym, he'll right? But he's just—it's so raw. He's a freshman. He's 18 years old. Who only played five games. This screams Michael Porter Jr. to me for a team that has the luxury to do so, but no team that's going to be in the top four or get to the top four has any right to be taking a risk. At Except this level. for one that I came across where the would be picking 14th and have a ton of picks for years to come. Boston Celtics are looking to move up to the number four spot and take Darius Garland. Well, that one would I, make a lot of sense in your scenario. You just came up with. Right. I, I look, I want somebody to trade to trade up for Garland because that means that there's a lot of guys that may wind up shifting down, including the guy I want my team to take, the Chicago Bulls, to take Jared Culver, who the uh, who um oh the man who man, shot like absolute I, crap in the finals. I, <laughs> nah, hey, I'm a, look, 
I am here for his perimeter defending first and foremost. If he can become a Luel Dang 2.0, I am all for it. He's 6'7", 194 pounds, so he's going to need to gain a little more weight, but he seems like such a perfect... Well, you see he's 6'7". I see 6'6". Six, six. Uh, CBS's thing. I'm looking right at it. Hmm. It says 6'7". Well, hey... I don't care if he if he's an inch off, whatever. <laughs> but regardless, I I would des I really would like for him to move down because Chicago have said in throughout every outlet in Chicago media that I've seen is that they are number one trying to trade up for Garland, which oh please God no, New Orleans don't do this to me, please. But <laughs> number two, and look, I may wind up actually being super wrong on that, but just on outside. For what the Bulls would have to give up, I just we not right now. This is not the time to be making a risk of that of that level for a guy like that. So you have Culver drop down to seven. Apparently, he's not going to be getting past the Bulls if he drops that far. So I hope someone is dumb enough to move up and give a King's ransom for Garland, which prompts another team to move up possibly or to take more risks, like taking Kobe White ahead of time to get it out of the Bulls' hands so they don't do something dumb and draft a. a dunder mifflin at point guard uh i just i can't mentally handle somebody uh, uh, doing the same thing as eric rose where they're not smart enough to do their own freaking tests i can't do that again sorry <laughs> well what about duke's forgotten man reddish what I if think what if a team drop. takes you know what if a team sees something from all the hype prior to duke that didn't really show up while he played at duke outside of like a couple games uh but he had a lot of hype coming in, to not to the NBA draft, but coming into Duke. And, you know, he's in the top eight. There could be some people that feel like he's better than that. And you might get lucky. You might get your guy Culver and not get stuck with the guy that you did not want to see from the jump. Paul's favorite point guard. <laughs> no, from the North Carolina so Tar Heels, Kobe White. No, absolutely Well, not. John Paxson says he needs a point guard. Yeah, and John Paxson can trade for one. <laughs> I do not at frickin' all want that airhead. The reason he has an afro is so he can hide how small his frickin' brain is. I can't handle I mean, this. He's six foot five. That's really tall for a point guard. He could be as he could be as tall as the Empire State Building, <laughs> but if he's as smart as the concrete that made it, I don't want him. <laughs> I, I just, I, I, no thank you. I thought you were talking about Cam Reddish, though, because I think that's a dude who's going to drop like an atom bomb. I think he's going to get really? outside of the top ten. I, the concerns and the comparisons that he is starting to receive in the level of Andrew Wiggins, especially when it comes to his question, the questions of his heart in the game and his lack of assertiveness at Duke, I have seen a fair amount of NBA scouts say that while his natural ability is there, that there are a lot of GMs that are okay with him dropping outside the top 10. That's crazy. All right, well, I see one name inside the top 10 right now on the LA Times little mock draft. And Dylan, I want to play a quick impromptu game with you. University or country? Goga Bidats, Georgia. He's a center, 6'11", 245. University or country? Uh, he definitely went to Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. Damn. No, wait. <laughs> Are you yes, sure? Yeah, yeah, he went to. Yeah, I think he went to Georgia. I think that was one of the kids that Crean said, "Get the hell out of my program." I would have bet a hundred dollars that Goga Bedats was from Georgia, <laughs> the country. <laughs> <laughs> nah, 
that it, that doesn't sound very Eastern European to me. What does that sound like to you? Uh, African. <laughs> I mean, like like Central African, something like that. Aren't those mostly French names anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> well, go uh, see. Uh, how do you spell this guy's name? G O G A. Yeah. B I T A D Z E. Uh oh no shit. He was born in Georgia. Shows <laughs> how much I know. <laughs> wait, and did he go uh, to Georgia also? Because that's amazing. Jesus Christ. Uh wait a minute. No, Damn you're it. wrong. You no no. You are you are wrong on both counts. He played for the Georgia national team. He did go to the country. It wasn't the school. Yeah, it's the country. Yeah, you said I was right. No. Wait, didn't it? Did you? No, what? you didn't. Never mind. I don't know. Ah, see, I'm a wrong on all counts. I'm not <laughs> smart as I act like, apparently. Shows how much I know. Uh, Damn, sir. All right, well, speaking <laughs> of needing to get smarter, my, and sometimes your, Detroit Pistons <laughs> need to get no, smarter in the draft. Nope. Not mine. Because uh, no. they have failed many drafts over the last decade gonna be really hard to do so when your choices are all a position of need every single guy mocked in anywhere close to the range that you're picking are guys that you need in positions that are desirable whether it's pj washington romeo langford tyler euro or nickel alexander walker from virginia i'm seeing rui hachimura too uh gonzaga I, I would, six eight I would, seven two wingspan plays defense. Right. The problem is, is I would I would take Washington because he has a much better offensive propensity. I don't really know if you want to have another big man that's like Andre and needs four freaking years to find out that he can actually take a jump shot. So I would take I would take PJ if it obviously go gets to that, which I don't think it will. I think it's between Romeo Langford or Tyler Euro. Either one really works out pretty well in your favor, to be honest. I mean, I've been saying for the last few years, but especially this year, whenever, you know, Paul or Ryan would get hype about the Pistons' playoff chances um, and, you know, chances in general, it's a shooter's league now. We don't have shooters. We could have the old school big man game all we want. It's not winning you that many basketball games nowadays. We need shooters. Tyler Hero might be a shooter. P.J. Washington, he's a slasher. Can get to the bucket. Jump shot. Not sure about as much yet right now. I think I'd rather have P.J. Washington, assuming he can stay healthy. But we need scores on this team. This team does not have nearly enough scores to be any kind of threat in the Eastern Conference. Especially in Eastern Conference now with LeBron gone. That we have seen a few teams step up. Not the least of which are now NBA champion Toronto Raptors. I, I don't know. I don't have much to say about the Pistons. I I gave up on them years ago. And well, they need a lot of help. <laughs> what, and they won't really get it. And my rumors are going to make that worse. That is a tease. No. And y'all y'all need to stay for the end for that. Because well, I'll tell you what. Ed Stefanski is wild in. And I think it informs how the draft is going to go for you guys. And I don't think it's going to be very good. I feel like we should at least, you know, take the spirit of ryan griffin right now and at least mention ball ball from oregon who's projected somewhere in the 20s right now right 
Uh, t- mine shows pick number twenty to from uh, to uh, Boston, which. To be honest, probably Boston won't be there to pick it. They'll probably get rid of that pick to move up somehow. Um, yeah, Boston's man, loaded just, in this draft. You have the, the 14th, yep. the 22nd, and the 51st. So you yeah. have two first-round uh, picks for a team that is bet for their future while also putting a damn good product on the court the last few years. I'll tell you what, though. He is, despite his length, he is not very strong from everything I've read. That's a big concern of his. Fifty-two percent from three. Eh, good for him if he can't sit there and box out. I don't really <laughs> see how that's gonna matter. Being seven-two and only two hundred and eight pounds. I mean, man, that's too small. Let's let's remember where he came from. <laughs> this is the Whoa. son of Manute Bull, oh, oh. who is seven-seven, oh, oh. one hundred and eighty-five pounds. <laughs> I thought you were just saying that he came from Africa. No. Damn, He's coming from the tied four tallest player in the history of the NBA. Right, right. Seven okay, seven, okay. and he was <laughs> you know much maybe two hundred and something pounds. Not, not much, probably but, around the same weight that his son is. He has the same sort of concerns that I have with Cam Reddish, and even more so. I don't know. He seems like a bad egg, and I wouldn't mess with that at all. There are so many other guys at that position or at, on the low block. Like Grant Williams and the aforementioned Roy uh, uh, Roy Hachimura or P.J. Washington or Brandon Clark who were in college for longer, who were able to have that college experience in a way that Bobol didn't for dumbass reasons of his own volition or those around him. And I would just take guys with better heads on their shoulders who I know are going to try and going to give me a much better effort. And... Bull Bull does not seem like one of them. And Ryan, I know, I literally know exactly how he's saying it right now. Two days from now, when this comes out, that's slanderous, hateful, blasphemy, <laughs> whatever term he's going to use. He's going to talk into his headset like a weirdo about it. And I don't care, Ryan, because Bull Bull isn't going to amount to anything. Count it right now. All right, well, we had to at least get that name out there for Ryan since he's not able to join us tonight. Uh, yeah, that's right. This is not an otherworldly draft. This isn't the 85 draft or 84 draft. This isn't the 96 draft. This isn't the 03 draft. Uh, at least it doesn't seem like it right now. Who knows? Five years from now, we could be singing a completely different tune of this draft. But I will say, uh, I got a hot take okay. for this draft. All right. Picks 1 through 10 will not have nearly as fruitful NBA careers as picks 10 through 20. Really? I think that there are guys in this middle tier that are going to wind up being fantastic NBA players. Like who? I already mentioned them. The guys on the lower block who are of this new breed of slasher, shooter, larger big men. Grant Williams, Roy Hachimura, PJ Washington, Brandon Clark, all of them I think are going to have successful careers. Seko Dumbaya from France also seems like a guy who could definitely wind up being that weird European guy that shows up out of nowhere. Romeo Langford entire Euro are, are very good prototypical shooting guards that are going to be able to shoot. They're freshmen. They have time to grow. Uh, I just, there's a lot of guys in this range that a good mix. And I think that 11 through 20 is where the fruits of this draft will be. And ironically, the Pistons will get none of them. (laughs) I will show you why in our next segment. So you don't want them taking Hachimura. Hecky. No, I don't want Hachimura on your team. Hell no. (laughs) Did you just say hecky? No. 
That's right. <laughs> oh, my stars, Dylan. Such language. <laughs> so we are we're getting real timely with this, and I'll tell you what, to end it, I got some real heated hot stove rumors coming out of my absolute favorite media source for the nba this is where i will live for the next three weeks and that is hoops hype they condense and bring in all the rumors and what have you it's basically like a database for all the all the hot stuff that's going to happen in the nba soap box opera that is this summer so we're going to start out, and Matt, I want your reactions to these. These are I'm going to read them word for word, so I'm not misquoting, folks. Some of them have authors to these tweets. Some of them don't. They're all tweets, though. And uh, so we'll start with number one, which is on Tuesday, which would have been today. Ted Leon- Leonosis? Leon- Leonsis? Yeah, something like that. Uh, released a statement to the Washington Post in which he shared the plan to take his time in forming the franchise's new leadership team. This franchise being the Washington Wizards. Leonosis also denied reports that the Wizards pursued Toronto Raptors president Masai Ujiri, who constructed the roster that won the NBA championship last week. Is this is this true, Matt, or is this uh, just uh, window dressing? I think it's true. Uh, you know, I mean, there were talks of Masai during the finals and that Washington was reaching out to him. Uh, and then he punched a police officer in the face trying to get on the basketball court to celebrate with his team. Um, <laughs> which could put a delay in the process a little bit. Plus, you know, there's a parade that had to go on. There had to be some celebration time uh, before he's up and at him. Uh, I think it's true. I don't think Masai leaves. I said that from the very beginning. I, I never thought he, did he can somehow convince Kawhi to stay, he makes what happened last year <laughs> look like like taking candy from a baby compared to there what he's doing go. this year by being able sure. to keep Kawhi north of the border. Interesting that you say that because rumor number two and this is quoted from uh, Damon Jones when he was on Get Up This Morning on ESPN, said explicitly that Kawhi Leonard is now in play for the Lakers, where he Damon Jones says said that after having a conversation with someone quote-unquote close to the situation, that it was a possibility that Kawhi was actually going to the Lakers, and that everybody pretty much is of the opinion Kawhi is going to Los Angeles they just don't know which team. See, it's funny because I've been hearing more talk that it's the Clippers and that well, he, he would be able well, to be. just be his team. He's the leader. There's no question about it. Um, versus does he become third man with LeBron James and Anthony Davis? Can you really do that to Kawhi Leonard? Or will it work at all where Kawhi ends up being the man and is LeBron going to take step back to second or third man? Right. Uh, highly doubtful right i mean that's I, an ego that i don't know you're gonna be able to push aside like that i haven't seen any right. exhibits of it from him showing me that you can so he's one he's a one that's it he's steak sauce now who's two and who's three if you add Kawhi to that mix you really telling the two-time finals mvp that you're third i just don't right. see it I, what I am increasingly becoming frustrated with this Kawhi thing is that he clearly wants to go back to L.A., but I just 
And Kawhi's a different dude. That's just that's just how he is. He seems like a one-track mind kind of guy. So I get, I understand that Kawhi wants to go to L.A. I don't understand how anyone else in his situation would leave Toronto. You are going to be given, a, arguably, the, one of the best cities in North America is just going to throw themselves at you like a, like a former scorned lover. They're giving you everything, their house, their keys, their car, the pets, whatever you want. The, all the money in the Kawhi and dine, baby. Kawhi and dine. That's right. And he it wants ain't just to go eating. to Los Angeles for no reason other than to not win titles, I guess. I don't, I don't get I don't it know, man. at all. Customs is a bitch, makes no sense. I guess. <laughs> Having to fly back into the country and out of the country. Well, um, when you have, when you're going to be given a multi-million-dollar flat for free by a real estate firm in Toronto, right next to uh, Air Canada, see, don't they Center get double taxed? Aren't they dealing with with a Canadian tax and American tax? I don't under I don't really I'll be honest I don't know how that would pretty work sure they get double taxed for him which because I've, I've heard of that in the past. Well, and also in fairness, the salary that he is going to make is going to be peanuts compared to what he will make in sponsorships anyway. So I don't know how that would how that would work because most of his sponsorships will still be on the United States side. But again, it's not really doesn't seem like it's about that. It's it's just L.A. It's just how he is. He is one track. He's always wanted to, quote unquote, go home. It's what everybody thought Paul George was about. And it proved that Paul George wasn't. But Kawhi, it just seems like that's what he wants to do. And look, fine. You did your legacy. I already know how good you are. I just don't understand why you're wasting your time with Los Angeles. I, I don't care. I mean, it might just be the fact that he will enjoy himself more being home he doesn't seem to enjoy himself in general so i don't know what yeah. you mean by in that. the desert of san antonio and in the beyond the wall freaking inst- <laughs> <laughs> man, people trash on toronto too much but you know you you spoke of a desert right well we got another desert in more ways than one, metaphorical and literal, and that is the Phoenix Suns. And James Jones, who apparently there's like 50 James Jones in the NBA, because this guy apparently runs the Suns, apparently. But James Jones... It, it might. Buzz. Is it the same one? It might be the same one. May, apparently, he maybe moved up to Look an it up. I know that a lot of former I, players have made the move into offices, but James Jones see, is one I can't say for sure, because it is a popular this name. This is the... I don't think this is the LeBron guy, the one who he kept dragging along everywhere he went. Uh, let's see, though. Oh, my God, it is. It is, right? <laughs> this dude is yeah. 38 years old. He's been out of the league for two seasons, and he's the GM of the Suns. That tells you all you need to know. What do you mean? Right? He's, he's apparently really smart. He's business savvy. Uh, okay. <laughs> what? I mean, he, look, the same you, shit, you I, want to say two years ago the Suns were a great team when he became the GM? No. They were a terrible uh, team. So it's not his fault they're a terrible team. He inherited a terrible I mean, team. <laughs> the owner is Cray. They, they're in the middle of just an awful city that's too hot all the time. But regardless, so LeBron James dude, James Jones, said that he isn't going to budge. The Phoenix Suns general manager said he plans to keep the sixth pick overall pick in Thursday's NBA draft. Rumor had been that Phoenix was possibly going to move it for a point guard, and clearly that is not the case. Is that a good choice for Phoenix? It depends if they, who they take. I mean, 
If they take my, my they take your boy Culver, has them Culver. They take my your boy Culver. Has them Culver. All right, so I don't think that makes sense to, for them. Well, they need a point guard. They need a point guard, but there's a lot of talk that they're going to lose Kelly Oubre, and they're going to need that spot oh, no. filled oh, as well. Oh no! Oh no! God forbid. Well, they like the production he gave them, and it's going to need to be filled as well. They need a point guard, absolutely. Phoenix, let's be honest, he's a lot of things as well, not unlike my Pistons. They need a lot of things. They're in a tough division in the West, and they have a young star who's, you know, capable of putting up a lot of points, but he doesn't have a lot of pieces around him. And then they have a new young star and a, and a centerpiece that you can build around in DeAndre Ayton. You know, they're definitely on the rise. They got to be. When you have that, you know, DeAndre Ayton is, you know, a back-to-traditional style, you know, center playing basketball who you can guarantee double-doubles, but you need pieces around him to make a winning program out of it. And it's a work in progress for the Phoenix Phoenix Suns. So them staying at six, I don't think there's anything that they're going to do that's going to be otherworldly unless they're able to jump up and grab one of the top three spots. And I don't see them having the pieces to make that move. I don't have, I'll be honest, I don't have much to say on Phoenix. They're one of those, they're one of those NBA stories that I just, I don't care about. Man, you know what? Speaking of that, let's go to... I mean, you did take a little wind out of my sails earlier about it, but another NBA story that I don't at all care about. And this is from Jonathan Fegan, who stated that Daryl Morey gave an example. He said that Daryl Morey had Harden, James Harden, and Chris Paul on FaceTime with him as they discussed 50 free agents together said that he has spoken to both players quite a few times since the season, I would assume, ended, with no indications either has changed their stance. What does all of that mean? I don't have any idea. You're talking about a completely conflicting report on the opposite side of them saying that they hate each other and that they can't work together, but Maury got them on a joint FaceTime to go over 50 different possibilities for the draft? For a free agency. Which is over free agency. Even more, even more so, yeah. So, so one of these is not true, right? I don't, it doesn't make well, sense to you have them both be true. And the weird part is, is the language at the end where it said that neither had changed their minds. What does that mean? What do you mean change their mind? I'm about the assuming free agents, on, the direction on, on of pieces. The team? Yeah, I think I'm assuming it's on pieces they think they need for how they think the team should be run, because. You know, Chris Paul, this is, remember, this was the first thing that was spoken about when James Harden and Chris Paul ended up being teammates. It was only one of them can touch the ball at one time. Right. Is there enough movement between the two of them that they're both going to be happy? Now, they've had some success. You know, we're, we're an inch away <laughs> sure from have. the NBA Finals last year. You know, fell apart oh, this bad. year when they had a real opportunity to take advantage of Kevin Durant going down and did not. But they've had success. You can't say that they haven't had success. But it's not been what they wanted to have. They wanted an NBA championship out of this. It's only been two years, right? Yeah, two years too many. <laughs> so and, and again, and and they've they've made it known they're not touching James Harden. He is staying in Houston. So now it's Chris Paul, who has three years left on a very large contract, and you need to find a team who would be willing to eat that contract and. Give up pieces in return. I heard a rumor, maybe this was one of yours, maybe it wasn't. The Miami Heat might be a team that would take on Chris Paul's contract. Interesting. Ah, you know what? Interesting that you say that because my next rumor 
is from Tim Reynolds, who stated there is growing belief that when Hassan Whiteside picks up his heat option for next season, he'll do so while asking for a trade. Interesting how that meshes in with what you just mentioned. Hassan Whiteside possibly being a Houston Rocket, maybe. Because Clint Capella apparently is bye-bye, from what I've heard. Houston Rockets have had some very good centers in their history. And nothing has become of most of them. Well, back-to-back championships when Michael Jordan was forced out of the NBA. As I said, most of them. (laughs) Other than, you know, the Dream. The guy whose nickname was The Dream. Because One of the greatest Houston, centers of all time. Apparently for Houston, having a competent team is a dream because only the dude who's the nickname of it could bring it to him. You know what's crazy is when everyone talks about Michael Jordan and he was the third overall pick and everyone, you know, shits on the number two pick. They never talk yeah. about the number one pick, which was Akeem Olajuwon. Well, it's because it was so obvious I know, at the time. but they like, never talk about it. That Because he was a good was a, player. Yes, he was. Michael Jordan won six championships. Yeah, but I would argue that's just as much to do with what was around him. I mean, what ha- did K- Hakeem work with for the longest time? Not much, man. Are you talking about you had Jenny, uh, Kenny the Jet Smith? So, yeah, okay. <laughs> You're talking about him. And then My- Michael had Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen and Tony Kukoch and all those guys. Like, they showed on, some stat today. I don't know if that's actually true. He's played with one All-Star his entire career, and it was Scottie Pippen. Uh... Dennis Rodman never made an all-star? Uh, maybe it's when he, like, while he was on the team. That could be. Let me, let me, look, let me look this up. Yeah, I don't think that sounds Because they were doing a comparison between him and LeBron. And all the all-stars, that, you know, adding yeah. oh, Anthony oh, Davis yeah. to the list. You know, the okay, all-stars that have played with LeBron. And then they show Michael Jordan and it just says Scottie Pippen. And I was like, really? Yeah, it has to be while he was on the team. Because uh, Dennis Rodman was an all-star in 1990 and 92 with the Pistons. Okay, so yeah, then it was definitely while playing. I, I was a, I was sure he was. I, yeah, I like those earlier Bulls teams a lot better more than the older ones, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> no, I thought I thought his first three-peat was, was, a, more, was a better three-peat than the second three-peat, but... Which is ironic because the the teams, arguably the teams after that were better, including the... I I just think he had to go through, I think he had to go through harder teams with his first three-peat. Oh yeah, agreed. Absolutely. I think, well, that was like right while the arrow was still kind of of the older guard, you know, with Olajuwon and Magic was still a thing with the Lakers, you know. And and they played the the Lakers, the Blazers, and Suns, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that was those were those Knicks. Detroit was still good. Wasn't they weren't they he didn't just them die after in 1990? <laughs> it took two yeah, more years he, for them to die. And you look at these teams that they wanted that uh, the Bulls wound up facing from 95 to 98 just doesn't compare. Nah, not, Charles Barkley's son's mind. team in 93. That's right. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was 93. The yep. Well, he did have to go against Peyton and Kemp in 95 or 96. Yeah. But then he played against a Magic team that, from everything I've ever gathered, didn't mesh the way they should have. A Knicks team with an older Ewing. He had the Miami Heat, which... Eh, with sure. an aging, uh, aging Alonzo Mourning at that point but starting to. N- n- not at the time. No, Mourning would have been only four years into oh, the was league. only four years in? Oh, yeah. he was. Those he Heat was teams were, were good. They were enjoyable to watch. But I mean, they got swept. They so weren't winning at all. enjoyable. <laughs> But then you have nah, the Bulls. Them Bullets. and the Knicks had some battles. 
Yeah, but you okay. see that video of okay. Jeff Van Gundy hanging onto Alonzo Mourning's have... leg? <laughs> All right, and I have, but it's kind of the same thing as when like Iowa in in Minnesota beat the crap out of each other. Okay, cool. It's awesome they're fighting each other, but they're both seven and six. Hey, like, the Knicks why, went to the championship twice in the nineties. Uh, sure. I mean, uh, let's let's be honest here. That nineteen ninety nine. One, one too hot. <laughs> it was a right, lockout Alan year. Houston. You take what you can get. Right. Allen Houston isn't some world beater here, man, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Pretty sure the Spurs swept him. Okay. Speak, you know what? Speaking of the Knicks, man, my segues for this, I'm just the telling you, they're on most overrated board. franchise in the history of sports. Straight lies. But with Thursday's draft night approaching, Frank Nilakina. I like this guy a lot. The Kitalina? Uh, pe- yeah. Uh, yes, I, sure, however you pronounce that. Um, <laughs> I thought it was Nilakina, but sure. Um, Frank the, N, the, the N-T-I-L-I-K-I-N-A could still be on the move as the Knicks are extremely open to trading him for another draft pick, either a late first rounder or a second rounder. That is tantalizing. Oh man! Well, the the Knicks are in any position they really want to be in because they're god awful, and they have the third pick. It wasn't the pick they wanted. You know, they haven't had the first pick since the first overall draft in 1985 when they got Patrick Ewing, and they are doing anything they can to free up space, free up money. You want to draft high? You want to trade it back? You really think you're going to get KD? Like, there's, they, the Knicks are in la-la land right now with all the different things, all the different directions that they could go in. Because the only way they can go right now is up. There's nothing they can do to be worse than what they are right now. They, they are the worst in the league. They are terrible. A terrible franchise that does not win, cannot win, doesn't matter who's been on the team. Two championships since the seventies, and they get talked about all the time, like they're the. Well, they get talked about like they're something. It's like no, they are. They're not. They have. They have one of the best. They're just in New York. Color sets in sports, and they have the best arena in all sports. Okay, it's just that's it's that simple. It's Gotham, man. I don't know what to tell (laughs) you. It's the allure of Gotham. It's it, it worked on me ever since I was a kid. Big East, man. And I, I don't know what to tell you. That's just that's what they are. But I will tell you right now, this rumor has San Antonio written all over it. The number 29 pick, they could pick up a dude like that who didn't work out in New York. A guy like Nilakina who um, Popovich could mold. This could be a steal for San Antonio. And I think they I think they're going to pull the trigger on this. It sounds like a complete and utter San Antonio move, except for the fact that they didn't draft him. Right. You know? Right. It's just, it sounds like someone, you go, oh, yeah, that's the last name? Yeah, they're probably with the Spurs. And it's like, oh, but they didn't draft him. Ah, interesting. They're bringing in pieces now. <laughs> Speaking of the, the New York connection, so we were talking about this originally before a little bit as well. So here is another tweet. Interesting little side story here, adding to the Kyrie Irving situation we were talking about which is the strangest part of the Irving situation right now, is that it appears he has essentially ghosted on the Celtics. That's awful. The phrase is not ghosted on whoever wrote this. I'm sorry, but that's gross. Uh, The people within the organization 
I have spoken with have made it clear that they have had little, if any, communication with Irving in recent weeks. And that was from the Boston Globe by Adam Himmelsbach. Lovely last name. So that's just an added layer to this craziness that is Kyrie Irving's situation with the Celtics. Look, Uncle Drew's a weird dude. That's all I'm going to say. He's, that's not all I'm going to say. I'm going to give examples of it. But he's a weird dude. He just is. Uh, the world is flat thing. Uh, that was just the tip of the iceberg. But, I mean, inside the locker room stuff, there's been a history of it. He had a beef with Dion Waiters. You know, he had something going on where the only person he was oh, yeah. talking to was Iman Shumpert. Uh, you know, he had abs- there was out in the open issues with LeBron and his camp. And then there's been out in the open issues with this entire Celtic team. I, I don't know if he was butthurt by the fact that they went to the Eastern Finals without him the year before. Or if it's just the fact that he's not enjoying, he's not the leader he thought he was. And the team's not responding the way he thought it would. Um, Kobe had these same kind of problems for a long time. He eventually got through them. Um, and the team gave him some great help. Kyrie has the help. But there is no chemistry whatsoever with the Celtics team. And, you know, part of it to blame could be Gordon Hayward's injury. There was a lot that was being bet on that. But you brought in young guys like Brown and Tatum, you know, that have proven their worth. Now, you know, Tatum took one hell of a step back this past year. And you might be able to blame some of that on Kyrie and the stuff in the locker room. Maybe these guys just weren't having that much fun playing basketball together. And maybe Kyrie's the reason. This is a weird dude who, you know, they want to say he has that Mamba mentality Great, but if you're going to step up and say you're going to be the leader, step up and be the leader. And he has not stepped up and been the leader, and there's just been issues wherever he's gone so far. So th- th- the fact that he ghosted the Celtics doesn't surprise me at all. The LeBron to LeBron uh, connection uh, it keeps going on, and we have uh, weird little through a self value off but... the backboard. What? <laughs> LeBron to LeBron. <laughs> That's right, Aaron Goldhammer. Great last name this time around. So he is uh, referencing what Brian Windhorst had said, which is uh, whether Kevin Love is going to be back with the Cavs next year. Uh, Windhorst said he's been out there in some trade talks, but it's hard to find the right deal for him. I'd say it's 50-50. I know you and apparently everybody else that I associate with with sports and basketball likes Kevin loves so much more than I do. Is there a team that's going to be willing to trade for him before the 2019-2020 season? Is he healthy? I don't know. Don't ask me. Ask him. (laughs) If he's healthy, absolutely. This is a man that was averaging 26 points and 13 rebounds before going off and joining LeBron and being used as a side piece For so many years. This is one of the best players in basketball. He gives you everything you want. Out of a basketball player. He gives you. He gives you threes. He gives you twos. He gives you down low. He gives you outside. He plays defense. He gives you assists. You're a wild announcer. No, no, no. This. And how do you hate on. How do you hate on this man? Because I've. uh, Because of the. The all star in a bottle. Syndrome. Which is a, something I fear for Anthony Davis as well. No. A dude who is in a small market who puts up major numbers does not tell me how good he is. Okay. And when he and went when elsewhere. He went elsewhere and was utilized a lot less and still put up decent numbers. That didn't tell you anything either? 
It told me that he wasn't nearly as good as what you're saying, which is one of the what best players. What are you talking in the about? He's playing with LeBron. You are taking a back seat, no matter who you are. Chris Bosh did a lot better than he did with LeBron, and it's because Chris Bar Chris Bosh was an actual All Star and a Hall of Famer. Kevin Love, who you say is, which is all the more reason I hate Hall of Fames in general. Is that it's too lenient, and losers like Kevin Love are going to be in there. I, if you look, want it to be it, only champions, then it's going to be a different list altogether. But if you I wanted want the guys who have played the best, best game at the best the level... Best. I'll be honest, one thing I would like to change for Hall of Fames is either disband them altogether, that's my number one choice, or number two is you make it a running list of 100 individuals that you recognize, and you knock people out of the list depending on if off the field stuff happens or if new players take place but it's a hundred people who are honored and that's it you make it exclusive you don't throw in freaking kevin love into the mix i mean look you want to throw up the numbers of 18 and 11 for his entire 10 year now career i don't care i don't care about and throw it up against people who are in the hall of fame who didn't win a championship and you're going to see some great names up there how are you going to say no to this man just because you don't like him it's because of overinflated numbers that people like to goggle over when he didn't win shit. Didn't he? If I'm not mistaken, the most games he won when he was in Minnesota was 40, correct? It was something like that. Like 40 games was the most he could win on his own. I can name so many more players that accomplished so much more with so much less. Uh, I don't know how much less there was. The Minnesota had terrible teams. Look, at. There were terrible well, teams not, he was on. We're, too, we're we are giving too much airtime to Kevin Love as a Never. Let's go to a different Let's go to a different train wreck. How you hate it's a man who started Pistons. fat and actually found himself and made himself skinny while still playing basketball at a high level. It's a whole new body he had to learn how to cool use. Sto- cool story. <laughs> now, Rod Beard, Detroit Pistons beat writer, Rod Beard has said, "Oh boy, strap in for this one." Ed Stefanski on potential for going into the luxury tax. If we can get a guy who moves the needle to us being top four in the East, spoiler alert, that's not going to happen, Tom Gores will pay the tax. Jesus. How much worse is this going to get for Metro Detroiters, man? Dylan, it's like me saying, I will get, you know, if you can scale the Empire State Building. I will give you $100,000. Do I have $100,000 to give you right now? Absolutely not. But you're not going to scale the Empire State Building anyway. Hold on. But here's the thing. You're missing the grand delusion that is the Detroit Pistons front office. They said that will get them into the top four, which is of the opinion that they are one player away. That's the belief. That's coming from Ed Stefanski, which, to be fair, he may not believe that, but he's being told that, at least by Tom Gores. All that matters is that Tom Gores believes that you guys are one player hey, away from being top four in the East. We get KD? Absurd. That's not... Okay, again, in realm of realistic There is no realistic possibilities. And absolutely not. He's out of his freaking mind. That's what I was saying with That's my analogy. Like it's, it's it's insane. The entire, but this the is, entire possibility is insane. There is not one player of that caliber that wants to come to the Pistons. So sure, go ahead and make the statement. None of them are coming. Well, that's the thing is that, that I that all the more reason why I was hinting with that fifteenth pick. I think that there is a very good chance that you're going to wind up drafting a player that is not going to be of a positional need or best player available, and it's going to be to fit this. Wait, weird wait, wait, ass wait, wait, scheme. wait, 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 wait. 
we give the 15th and Drummond to the Pelicans for the 4th. No, that wouldn't happen because the Pelicans aren't stupid. David Griffith, or Griffin, is not stupid You get an all-star center. Double-double machine. Stop it. This is the numbers all over again. Double-double machine down low for you to go right next to Zion. Apparently, I am joined today on Sports Carnage Podcast by Tom Gores, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) The double-doubles. All right, we end this with a little self-serving on my part. It's an interesting story. Shocking. I think it's uh, it's from Sean Devaney, and uh, sources are tell- telling him. There's a 20% him, chance you said that name right. Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, Patrick Beverly, a sensible free agent target of the Bulls and Lakers, will be taking meetings with as many as five teams before meeting with the Clippers in two weeks. That was as of today. And... Patrick Beverly has said multiple times he is a Chicago guy. He's from there. He has said nothing but positives about the team. I think it is almost a certainty that the Bulls are going to be signing Patrick Beverly. Do you think that's a good ad for them? It depends what your end goal is. You want him for defense? Fine. He's a dog. You want him for offense? Eh, you know, not a not a great offensive threat. It really well, depends make, on how you want to I'm use I'm going to make Ryan mad. I'm going to make Ryan really mad. Patrick Beverly is a better offensive option than Chris Dunn is. <laughs> Patrick Be- as, Beverly as, has a much better career going for himself right now than Chris Dunn does as well. But, absolutely. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, it took him a little bit out the gate to figure it out. His rookie year, not so kind to him. But after, since then, he's become a decent player. Now, you know, he's not going to get you a ton of points. He'll play good defense. Health has been a semi-issue with him as well. Not playing a bunch over these last couple of years. Uh, played a you know the mo- last year the most by far in his career. So maybe he's turned that corner and he's going to stay healthy the rest of the way. But this isn't a great basketball player in terms of offense. On defense, yeah, he's a dog, absolutely. So you want to utilize him and make a good, yourself a good defensive team, cool. But you better have some shooters on that squad as well. I my opinion on on uh, Beverly is a uh, kind of to wrap this all up. He's being a Chicago dude with the grit that he has is great. The problem is he's not the answer. And that's my that's my fear with Paxson is he's going to sign Beverly saying, "Okay, we got our guy. Now we're done." That is that can't be that cannot be the attitude because Beverly needs to be a a whether they run a two well, more if they run like a, a two-point guard backcourt, which I am okay with, and make Levine move down to small forward to get him off the ball more, which I would much prefer. Or if he comes off the bench, which I don't know how much that's going to sit well with him even as he's aging. My biggest fear, though, is that our head coach right now is a bit of a bull in in many, 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 many ways. Jim Bolin is a very old school kind of guy, and I am very fearful that those two personalities are not going to mesh in the same vein as what Jimmy Butler and, oh, come on, how am I forgetting his name? Oh, uh, Thibodeau. Tom, Tom Thibodeau? Thibodeau. Um, yeah, how Tom Thibodeau and, J- and Jimmy Butler clashed. I'm afraid that's going to be a very similar thing where this bulldog, this tryhard guy who believes in his way over everybody else's with a young team is going to alienate himself against the head coach that needs support more than anything, which is why as much as it would seem like a cool fit, this is the wrong time for it.
Yeah, I just don't think he needs to be, he doesn't need to be a major piece. This isn't a, oh my God, we got Patrick Beverly. It's like, we got so-and-so, we also got Patrick Beverly. Right, exactly. Yeah. Needless to say, though, after all these rumors and what have you, we're going to have ourselves a very compelling next few weeks, which I'm sure Ryan and myself on our social feeds on Sports Carnage which you can see on Twitter and on Facebook. Follow us if you will. We will be having all that news posted as much as we can to keep the folks up in the loop of what is going on. That's for sure. What's the Twitter link again? Oh, uh, it's Sports Carnage Podcast. That's all. That's it. At it's Sports simple. Carnage. Yeah, I, I, I don't know Kept if Ryan simple. shorted it. No one stole yeah, that. I that's amazing. So. <laughs> no, I I, why would they? For all 20 people that are following. Yeah, it's, it's just Sports Carnage. No podcast there. But uh, we will have all the news. We're going to make sure everybody is as up to date as we are. So, Yep, NBA offseason, must-see TV every year. That's right. And a must-listen from the two of us. Am I right? Fantastic. Pardon? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we did it again. We kept it short for you. And uh, you're welcome, America. There was no Paul again. This has been a, a lovely vacation. It's going to be really, really sad when he comes back because I'm just going to hear a whole bunch of whining in that high-pitched 14-year-old girl voice. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. 13-year-old girl? <laughs> no, I was saying that's what he's going to say. Whoa, 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 whoa. My wife's 15. <laughs> oh, God. All right, and with that, we done. Dylan, say goodbye. <laughs> All right, bye now. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. Thanks for listening. Matt Passon, Dylan Bear, usually Ryan Griffin and Paul Rajan as well. We are Sports Carnage. We'll talk to y'all next week.